This is Navigate with ID Enang. Good morning, Uncle ID. Morning, Ifi. How are you? Very well, thank you. It's a thrilling Tuesday. Did you say thrilling? Terrific Tuesday. Terrific Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Terrific Tuesday. And I'm sure you're you're looking Game of Thrones. But I haven't actually watched. It's uh. The, the so what happened? Of... You're looking like you didn't um, you didn't sleep through the night in the last 48 hours. I actually did. You did. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought you were thrown and enthroned. No. Um. I, I, I well, wasn't. good luck to uh my the young ones in my household were like big rats around 2:30. Everybody was. I just wondered, you know, what was going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, lo and behold, I came down and saw. Some thrones being set up. I said, mm. "You guys have, you have time and space. Wake up early, early morning to watch a game of football." <laughs> <laughs> well, we used to do that when we had the World Cup or the Olympics in some bizarre, you know, part of the world, and we need to watch Nigeria play. Um, so it's nothing out of the ordinary. Well, good morning, distinguished listeners, um, and all our good friends who tune in every Tuesday and Thursday. It's another. Um, great day, and we're grateful to God for life, grateful to God for the opportunity to be here to share, learn, and unlearn, and also make the best of the future ahead of us. Um, it's been an honor and a privilege for me to continually come share my thoughts, and also for you uh, beautiful ones out there who, t- who always respond by way of questions and emails. I must say that, um, you know, it's not, uh, it can be very heart-wrenching. I got some very personal emails from um, listeners on the subject I had, um, you know, last week, Thursday, when I talked about, you know, um, moving into the space of how to take care of yourself. And, you know, we talked about the teeth, we talked about dressing, and um, particularly, you know, some of those factors that needed to be put in. You'd be amazed at um, the number of personal emails I got um, to the Navigate with ID, you know, the email address, and um, to the friends that did share their personal challenges with me. I'm grateful. I'm working on the solutions. And then trust me that um, your best days are still ahead. Do not in any way feel under under the weather because of where you find yourself. Uh, these little things are, are major in some people's lives, and I'm grateful that we're able to talk about it. So, in the spirit and letter of um, the theme we've taken on, uh, I did say to you from the beginning that this will look more like a virtual course, um, developing your executive presence, and this does not necessarily have to do with work, uh, i.e. workplace. It has to do with your existence it has to do with you being at different places doing different things but really about your presence and so today we're going to hit one of those buttons and i hope that this particular button and pillar will be one that will shape and give you some uh, ray of light in things you need to do because these two factors are actually missing in our climb today Many people think that um, building executive presence has to do with the retinue of God that you have with you. Hey, there's always a day when 
you will not have those guards with you. So executive presence is not about the mopoles that follow you, not about the military men, not about the security guys that follow you, not about anybody that just escorts you. No, it's about you as an individual maintaining the character shape and um, credibility that you have. The totality of your equity is what comes at stake at that moment, not the retinue of guards. So I just want to neatly qualify that. And that brings me to today's um, topic, which I'll be looking at within that whole spectrum. And it's about building trust and credibility. Building trust and credibility. Um, we have probably all worked with people, you know, including leaders, executives, um, managers, bosses, and what you may call it. We probably worked with all worked with people that we did not respect. No matter how long we worked with them and no matter how great our results were, there was something about them which stopped us from trusting them. This lack of respect leads to dysfunctional teams. This lack of respect leads to dysfunctional families. This lack of respect leads to a dysfunctional society. I mean, fast forward from the nuclear site, which is a family, if you have um, in a family uh, and you don't find respect and trust, sorry, trust as a binding factor, then respect will go out the window. And that's why in our nation today, trust is a commodity, or sorry, I beg your pardon, is a value that is in very short supply. We don't trust each other. Trust has departed from the streets. So, when that happens, um, it's important that you realize that even leaders, when trust is not there like we have in our climb, there is a big, big gap. And that, that lack of it brings a lack of respect and leads to dis dysfunctionality. And when this lack of respect leads to dysfunctionality, i.e. in terms of teams, you'll find that people are afraid of repercussions. But when people work well with one another and respect one another, trust is built. So building trust and credibility for you as an individual is one major piece that announces you wherever you are. How? You know, um, you don't have to know someone before you lend a helping hand. You don't need to know someone um, before you give him or her the right of way. You don't need to know him or her before you ask him or her to support or to support the person. No, it's not there. I saw some image, um, I think in the course of the week, about a man uh, that had no limbs. You know, his two hands had been chopped off for some reason and, you know, gone through some amputation. But then there was this other man that was giving him a bath in a stream. And the tag there was, you know, it's important that you serve people that will not have the opportunity to say thank you. When you do things out of the ordinary, by trusting the other party, um, respect will kick in and trust will be built. So for you as an individual, my friend, Factors that impact your credibility and your ability to build this trust include small things 
like remembering to think of people and to send a thank you note. Do you know that you find young people today, you stand by the door and you're about to enter and they're struggling to get in with you. You even open the door, they just walk past. No good morning. And I just look at them. First of all, you know that this one, no home, home bringing. There's no home training. HT is missing. That's a degree that most young people today do not have. They've, they, don't blame them because the parenting never existed. The parents are not there. They are not seen. Even the parents themselves need to be parented and patented to have values. Uh, so what do you expect? A young man sees you and just walks past. Uh, gone in the day, if you walk past someone who is older than you, they'll pull you back and say, can't you greet? You don't need to know someone. That's how you build trust. Um, and saying thank you is a big issue today in this country. I don't know how we got here. People now, because of the entitlement mentality, they demand that, yes, don't you know that I am meant or you are meant to do it for me? Don't you know that um, it is my right? And once they get it, regardless of what, just saying a little bit of thank you never comes. But you know what? These are then the big things that actually help in building this trust. Is like being punctual. You know, it is easier for... I'm trying to make an analogy and I hope it's, you know, it's an exaggerated analogy. Um, but it will make my point. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than you have majority of Nigerians appear punctual to a function or anything. The only time you can get Nigerians being very punctual, majority of them that are not usually punctual, is when there's an incentive. So, for example, if you decide that you want to give out a million, 10,000, 100,000, and say you're starting by 10, trust me, by 4 o'clock, for whatever time, whether it's 4 a.m. or 4 p.m., Nigerians would have queued up because there's an incentive. But set up a meeting. These are the little things that creep in that we don't have credibility. We don't realize it. Call for a meeting at 10. You find people strolling in at 11 and say, but you know now traffic. Uh, you have some strolling at 12. And uh, the one that is actually most annoying is when you go for church service. And just about when they are sharing the grace, you find some people just walking in as if. And you ask yourself, why did you bother? You know, we don't realize that as individuals and that trust and credibility, a big ticket item like punctuality will huge give a huge stamp on it. Credibility and trust are reinforced when people speak about you in a manner that reflects the regard they hold you in. So just think about you as an individual, that people know that you are always saying thank you. I am sorry, and you're always punctual. And that becomes the nature of your being. They call for a meeting five minutes to that time, you're seated. Whatever the meeting, whatever the interaction, you're there five minutes too. You know, someday, they'll, something will happen somewhere and they need a man or woman that will represent that group. Your name will pop up because you will be extraordinary. That's what I'm talking about, friends. Your executive presence is 
a combination of the things that you do that are hidden and the ones that are visible. Those ones that are very, very visible, like punctuality, will come to build credibility. The ones that are hidden, like thank you, I am sorry. Over time, people learn to trust such people. So, if you looked at it, I'm going to give you or share with you some additional techniques that you can use to further develop trusting relationships. And that will happen shortly. I'll be right back. Let's take our first uh, commercial break. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Wemma Bank. Bros, bros, Abeg, can I get 5,000 naira day sharply? Please, I don't have. I don't have. Every time, every time, can I get? Now let you do this off. Don't shout, Joe. It's just 5,000 naira now. Taking a loan shouldn't be an embarrassment. If you're in a pinch, get an Alad loan in an instant. Download Alad on your app store or go to alad.ng now. Alad is the award-winning digital bank that helps you save time and money. Alad, powered by Wemma Bank. There's a new money changer in town. The Alat Virtual Dollar Card lets you pay online in dollars at the bank rate right from your Alat app without changing money or using a domiciliary account. Download Alat on your app store or go to alat.ng now. Alat is the award-winning digital bank that helps you save time and money. Alat. Powered by Wemma Bank. To some, it's just entertainment. To others, it gives you information. But to us at Legos Talks 91.3, it is conversation. Let your voice be heard. Join us and let's get talking. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Wemma Bank. Welcome, my dear friends. It's Navigate with ID. And if you're just joining us um, earlier, we discussed ways to start building trust and credibility as soon as you walk into a room or an environment. And I did say before we went on the break that I was going to share some additional techniques that you can use to further develop trusting relationships and ultimately build brand new, you know. The first one is this. If you say you'll do it, then get on and do it. If you ever make that commitment that you will do it, God helping you, then get on and do it. Some people are good at planning and setting things up, but not so good when it comes to the follow-through. At some point, you have to stop talking and start doing. If details are not really your strong point or strong suit, then make sure that you have people you can delegate to, to do so such that the things you say you will do get done. And this is very, very important and critical, um, my dear friends. I found that it's very rare when people say to you, I will do it. And many just say it just to get rid or to escape that particular window. And they never get it done. What you don't realize is that you're burning your bridge. I will never trust you. First time you say to me, I will do it, and you don't, it happens the second time. By the third time, and you say it as if forget it. That's why we don't trust our government. That's why we don't trust our leaders. Because during campaigns, they come say so many things. And at the tail end, when they're about to leave office, some of them will now employ 10,000 people they never employed during the regime. And then you then wonder why. Some start commissioning before they are commissioned. Why are you rushing? 
It's something you would have painstakingly done if you truly had the heart of people, you know, with you. In like manner, a lot of us, parents, friends, family, when you commit to doing something, get on and do it and trust God for the grace to do. Yes, you don't have the right to life. That is, you can't say what's going to happen the next minute. That is why, by the grace of God, will always be the way to close such commitments because by his grace you are alive but never do things that you plan you set up things or you meet someone said hey i'll do it now you have a boss at the office each time you see your boss and then there's an assignment you say to him i will do it i know of a certain country you know apart from my country nigeria this country is in the west african region one of our neighbors during my time, you know, in the course of my career, I've had to um, manage the the region. Different, almost all my all my executive roles, I I managed um, West Africa or as the region or Sub-Saharan Africa, if you may. But this particular country, whenever you find my colleagues there, and they'll say you we are on it. When you hear we are on it, just know they're not doing anything. And Culturally, you may go to that country and become like head of something. So imagine, you know, uh, like I used to have, I'll have an office here and I'll have another office in that West African country, not calling names. The minute I get there and I leave, get them an assignment, so I spend two thirds, a third of my month I spend in that country, maybe 10 to 12 days. The other, I ship that between Nigeria and the rest of my travel. But when you get back and you want to take meetings and follow up or follow through with things you said you would do or folks would do, the minute they say, uh, boss, no, I will not use the intonation, you will catch it. We are on it. Ah, did that happened to me first time, second time. I now realize this was a cultural way of not doing anything. So don't sit in that box of you say you'll do it and you don't do it. It will dent your credibility index. It will dent anybody trusting you. Listen, if you break promises, any trust that people have in you will be swiftly eroded. Swiftly. You'll be so shocked. Don't just go saying things. If you can't do it, say you can't. And there's a difference between can't do and won't do. Can't do has to do with skill. If your boss gives you an assignment and you can't do it because you are not knowledgeable or skillful enough, say, sir, I can't do it, I'm sorry. Then he knows it's a developmental need and they have to train you to be able to do it. Now, if you won't do it, it's a different case. That's an attitudinal problem. You have the skill, but you don't do it. You just say, I will do it, but you don't do it. That means you have a bad attitude. And most of us have that bad attitude. Some of us get so derogatory with it. Yeah, waiting because I just tell her, make it come off my face. But you don't know that down the road, your credibility has just gone through the wire. So that's the first technique I'm just saying to you. The second one is very simple. If you mess it up, own it. If you mess it up, I find a lot of people use CYA as a degree. Now, if you don't know what CYA means, ask your neighbor, text it to your friend. CYA means CYA. You can't cover up everything. 
So a lot of us, rather than take responsibility, we messed up. You own it. It's like a little child that is growing up and in the morning, you know, you find out that there's some bedwetting. You'll find that, you know, once the child is of age, maybe three, four years, and that happens, it begins to get ashamed. He or she will, no, don't tell mommy. Do. You know, you just get up and she or he will just cover the place up and then so that you won't know and laugh at him or her. And if they are smart, they will take out the the wet clothes and you just see them standing and say, what happened to your pajamas? He said, mm, it's inside there, but he will not want to tell you because, um, you know, as little children, they are ashamed to say it. But when you give that child confidence to say, listen, it's okay. When you bed wet, let daddy know, let mommy know. He will confidently come to you, you know, like we used to do with um, our son. And even my daughter will say to her, listen, just let us know. You know, when you do it, it's an error. You know, but when you come and we tell you, we just say, just say, daddy, accident happened. And we say accident happened at night. Then we know there was a little bit of a mess. And then, but that's the place you start teaching the child to take responsibility, to own it. But if all of you laugh at that child, that child will grow up not understanding that he or she can make some errors and they need to own it and be able to be free to share. We all make mistakes and it's a way to learn how to improve. Instead of pointing the finger at someone else, especially members of your team, especially members of your family, your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, make sure the blame falls where it belongs, on you. Why you? Leaders and people who want to have impact learn that accepting responsibility for the good and the bad builds trust and credibility. That is something they should knock into this new set of, whether it's NAS, Ninth National Assembly, whether it's executive, whether it is judiciary, what, whoever is being sworn in or taken out or coming in, they should understand that if you mess it up, own it. Stop looking for someone to throw the mess on. That's how we build a society that is full of doubt and, and, and dysfunctionality. If we all commit individually to owning it when we mess up, realizing that we all make mistakes, we will then learn that it's a way to learn how to improve rather than pointing fingers. Number three, be there for people be there for people do you know that if you are truly there for people people will never forget you even in their dreams even in their wildest dreams they'll always remember there are people today that are long gone but they are still remembered there are people today that are still influencing from the grave why because they were there for people that's why i wonder what will happen to most of our leaders when they go six foot under, they will just they'll disappear with the sand. It will never be remembered. Because they were never there for people. Some who think that they are cheating and they are manipulating people. There's payday. Because the payday will be your children and your children's children. Actually, some of them will do a change of name. Trust me, they will just take on a middle name. So aren't you, you know, like Peter, aren't you the son of No 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 I'm not I'm not even from that town. Can't you see my name is now John? Why? They will deny. 
because their parents or progenitors were never there for people. I want you to start today in building trust and credibility for you and generations after you. I want to, by the grace of God, wherever my son, wherever my daughter is, and they hear the name Enang, someone is able to say, are you in any way related to Enang? And he says, he's my father. And he say, wow, there's a transfer of love, wealth, grace, because your father did this. And that's what generational living is all about. That's legacy. But if people feel micromanaged, they feel that you do not trust them to do their own work. At work, strong leaders allow people to experiment, to take risks, and to learn from failure as well as their own choices. So if you're a manager, director, or whatever at work, you must allow people to experiment. Let them go through the learning curve. Let them learn from failures as well as their own choices. Remember to also see what their strengths are and to celebrate when they do things well. You know, one of the people, I must tell you honestly, I don't envy the incoming governor of Lagos State because the outgoing is really thinking very high, that is highly celebrated. But it was there for the people. But the big question is, how dare was he there? And they won't come in. Everybody's looking up to this Messiah. God will grant them grace to be able to satisfy the people. But you know, the bigger problem is the people. Most Nigerians are very lawless. They're not even there for themselves. And they expect someone to be there for them. That's a story for another day. But as a leader, don't try to take credit when the whole team is contributing to success. As well, make sure that you are able, when they need your support, to be there for them. Number four, be assertive. Assertiveness is a skill and it's very key. Although this is something that varies culturally, and even within sectors, industries, and um, families, you've got to be prepared to stand up for the things you believe in. You know, within our culture, you cannot say an elder is telling lies. You know, culturally, some of the elders tell lies, and you look at their lips, and you wonder, this old man thinks he's so so sensible. Like some of the politicians that are old, those, those ones are above... 75 they just come and throw stuff on us and because of the cultural dynamism you do not want to because of the cultural dynamic i beg your pardon you don't want to respond but there's also a way to respond if you are very conversant with adages there are proverbs that you use to answer an elder who is lying just give him the proverb he'll understand the meaning but he'll know that you're not directing it at him that's a way to be assertive, very structurally, to beat the cultural loop. However, what do you do if you're at work? What do you do if you're in a setting like the family? You must also develop tools to manage conflict and to solve problems. If everyone that you work with seems accepting of everything you do and say, chances are that they're afraid of telling you the truth about how they really feel. If everybody around you tells you, oh, you are the best, hey, the minute, <laughs> guy, may you just not say, well, a day. If everyone is telling you you are the best, you are the boss, you are the brightest, 
something is wrong. They are not telling you the truth about how they truly feel. Please, I beg you by the mercies of God, encourage sharing of opinions, encourage sharing of thoughts, encourage debate. Diversity of thought is the richest place, the whirlpool of knowledge. When people are going to speak freely, no matter how quote-unquote you know, foolish you may think the comments are, but hey, diamonds are in the mud. You never find diamonds in clear water. You're always in the mud. There's always a message in every, there's always a message or a mess in every message. Just take the message and you can sift and take out the mess. But that you throw the baby and the bathwater away, it's a no-no. So encourage sharing of opinions, debate, and discussions as a way of for everybody to learn and to grow. If you do anything less or short of that, you cannot gain trust or credibility. Why do I say this? You know, I'm going to digress um, by... As I give the last point, I'm going to digress and give you one that readily comes to my mind and I'm going to use a reference from the scriptures. But before I go into that aspect, I will take a short musical a music break then I'll come back. But this will be point five, right? The first one is, if you say you'll do it, then get on and do it. The second one is, if you mess it up, own it. The third, be there for people. The fourth, be assertive. And number five, be yourself. And you're just joining us and you're wondering, what is this all about? It's about building executive presence. And a major pillar we, we are discussing is about building trust and credibility. You as an individual. Be yourself is my fifth technique or tag. Developing a powerful presence and having a personal impact on the things that you do does not mean that you become someone else in public. Many of us are two-faced. Many of us are not what we are in private, in public. Why? Be accepting of who you are, including your strengths, weaknesses, areas of opportunity, development, is key. When you accept who you are and commit to an ongoing development so that you can be the best person you can be, then you are on the pathway to making yourself one of the most credible people around. And what do I mean? And how do I paraphrase this? How do I bring it into a context that makes sense to you and I? The only way I can say this is for you, especially those of you that are entrepreneurs, especially those of you young people who are about to step into doing your own businesses. Many of you today, there's no work out there. There's no job. A lot of graduates running back, masters, doctorate. But many want to test the waters of entrepreneurship. Let me tell you, you can never be a successful entrepreneur if you do not have credibility. If you've not built trust. Where, is going, where are you going to get people that will invest in your business? If you want me to give you a reference that will help you. And I trust God that one day, I'll be able to share these principles of effective entrepreneurship. And the only place I can get that from will be from the word of God. So if you go to the book of 2 Kings and chapter 4, you'll see that, you know, from verses 1 to 7, it's, it's, it's very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. I, I could, I could um, 
I wish, you know, like I said, one of these days I'm going to share what I call the principles of effective um, entrepreneurship. But let me use it, that scripture today to just give you a highlight of what I'm saying. And this, the caption there had to do with Elisha and the widow's oil. If you're very conversant, if you're not, this is a reference I'm giving you. But I want to tell you something. That widow, you know, had no husband. And, you know, she, she was called a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets. And she went to the prophet to say, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. I'll just stop there. Now, there are five big major principles that came out of that, that whole story about this widow. The first one I want to happen, you'll find that in verse 3. In verse 3 of that scripture, it says, Then the, that he said, that is the, the prophet, Elisha said to her, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. Friends, do you think if that woman did not do two things number one to obey the prophet she would make it number two if that woman did not have the very first principle i'm going to tell you was credibility there is no way she could go borrow vessels from he said go borrow vessels from everywhere from all your neighbors how many of you can walk to your neighbors today and ask or borrow something that you've heard a message you've heard God speak to you concerning a matter now we are in the times are hard and you hear a clear message that God says to you go sit down borrow vessels from everywhere from all your neighbors get their empty containers do not just gather a few how many of you can how many of you would your neighbors even open the doors to you you live on the same street you live in the same apartment or block if you don't have credibility, trust me, you can't because you burnt it. But this woman was able to do it. Story for another day. When I teach you the principles of uh, effective entrepreneurship, many of you out there want to be great entrepreneurs, young people. But I'm sorry, you're doing everything to destroy your credibility. You think social media is here to give you a, a boost? It's one thing that is as great to give you that boost, but it also can be a destroyer. can be a tool that the enemy can use to take away everything you have. All they need to do is to put some smudge on you and trust and credibility will leave. Once that leaves, you have no reputation. Once that leaves, there's no presence. You can walk into a place and people will just, mm, they'll sigh. And when they sigh, trust me, you just had something walk through the door. Is that the life you want to live? If not, then the time has come for you to go sit down and ask yourself some very good questions. Well, we'll take, we'll take a quick break. Um, just some little music. Take a commercial break and I'll be back to take on your questions. Be right back. This is Navigate with ID. Welcome back, dear friends. And um, it's been... Uh, I hope it's been a great time for you. Uh, it's definitely been for me. 
talking about building trust and credibility. So here we are. Um, let's take some of your comments, calls. Um, I'll give you the numbers to call in to um, 0809-191-3913 and 0809-234-5913. If you do want to send a tweet, at Legostalks913, and please make it a duty to tag mine, at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G. That's my Twitter and Instagram handle. We're talking about building trust and credibility, and I gave you five factors that you must ensure that you put to practice to build your credibility and to boost your executive presence. Number one, if you say you'll do it, then get on and do it. Number two, if you mess it up, own it. Number three, be there for people. Number four, be assertive. And number five, be yourself. Now, having said all of this, I then wrapped it up with a reference, a scriptural reference about the widow, the prophet, and the oil. And what then happened? The greatest challenge the widow would have had if she didn't have credibility, would she have been able to go borrow from our neighbors and to borrow everywhere? Do you have the capacity to borrow from your neighbors? Whatever. Credibility is okay. Um, oh, sorry. You need to try again. That was our first caller. Remember, the numbers are um, 0809-191-3913 and 0809-191. Two three four five nine one three. You can send a tweet at Legostalks nine one three and also tag my Twitter handle at idyenang. Now I dare say that you know I just tried to narrow to five solid techniques. There are several others that you may want to add to the list. It will also be interesting if you could tweet at tweet at me and let me know. Are there other things you would like to add to this list of five um, techniques that help build trust and credibility? If you do have, it would be nice to hear your thoughts on this. And every day when, you know, we really, you wake up, everybody's expecting uh, so many things to happen. I'm quietly peeved, very peeved about how we burn the credibility of our nation um, just on the precipice of us not presenting ourselves well. Have you been on the plane, you know, with our good brothers and sisters coming back from any of the locations, whether it's Dubai, South Africa, Nairobi, or, you know, where you have a lot of our fellow Nigerians and you need to see the way they scramble for everything and anything. And somehow I wonder what the external... Uh, world thinks about us how are we able to build credibility and therein lies one missing factor Lagos talks mm. yes sir who's calling good morning Lagos talks well if you what have you done to the lines uh, nothing okay you need to lay hands on Okay, and also we need to lay hands on the outgoing Minister of Communications and even NCC. You know, we just have... No, no, come to think of it, there are some ministers here 
that should not even say they were ministers eh? at all. They were not heard, seen, or even known. The guys just coasted for four years and carrying title honorable minister. No credibility. They've, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm the one feeling it, but uh, I just believe that there are so many things that we can do differently. Um, do you also believe that um, credibility and trust um, are neck to neck? Do you think that they work together? Credibility and trust? <laughs> For one to be trustworthy, the person is, has to be said to be credible. Okay. And you should have proven yourself in several so instances. Do you think some of the ministers time. are credible? Lagos <laughs> Talks, good morning. Can't wait for them to be Good morning, ID. Yes, sir. Who's that? calling? Good morning. My name is Benson. I'm calling from Lagos. Yeah, Benson, right? Yeah. Remain seated until seatbelt lights are seen. Oh, that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't work in Nigeria. Whether God. Locally, whether the local flights or international flights. Oh. One day I had to engage on one of the cabin crew members on oh. Emirates. And the person said Nigerians, Indians, Pakistanis, and other countries. Yeah. And people are giving the greatest problems, you know, being that guy. He said yeah. Germans are the best that nobody stands up. Yeah. Until the plane has completely taxied and to the doors have been opened. Yeah. That's the complete opposite of who we are in Nigeria. Complete. Maybe you should do a series on aviation <laughs> etiquette. <laughs> Etiquette generally, my brother. Not building, of, of building your aviation presence. God. We are very unruly. Very. very. So. No, we are lawless. We are, I mean, we are very, we are very lawless people. Let's not. And so when I when see. When the plane people, is about to land, everybody keeps quiet. And you can tell that everybody's praying in their heart. They are praying that they shouldn't crash. <laughs> the minute but everybody is afraid of the crash. Yeah. Benson. All right. Thank you, sir. You're doing a good job. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. That's a great point that Benson made. I mean, that is so frustrating sometimes. And you just find out before the... And where it even gets a lot more bizarre is that the captain comes on and says, please be seated. We need to tow the aircraft to the point at which the door, we can get it in. For where? My brothers and sisters, you next thing you find them, even racing to the front, and then you hear the crew, the purser, announcing, please be seated. And then you ask yourselves, these are adults. These are parents. These are Nigerians. Honestly, it's just that I cannot. It's too, God knew why I had to pass through this part. I would not take a second passport. I don't need a second one. But the one I have now, we should start flogging ourselves. You know, self-regulation. This is not about, you know, there should be some consequence management. You look at people and no matter how well-dressed, indiscipline is our biggest being. And so we are not credible. You walk into a bank. Gone are the days. If you, you won't believe this. In an early, late 90s, early 2000, you know, yeah, specifically 2000, 1999, 2000, you walk into a bank abroad and you present your passport. You'll open an account just sitting there with your international passport. Nigeria. Try it now. Even from afar, once you see Nigeria, the antenna, credibility gone it's because as individuals trust does not exist even in our day-to-day -day lives lagos talks 
Yes, good morning. Who's calling? Sorry? Ebuka. Ebuka, yes. Morning. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Okay, hello. Yeah, speak audibly, please. I can't hear you. Okay, sir. If you just like your question mark last week, the part of the thing we are talking about. Do you, you mean know? our yeah. question last week or not question mark? <laughs> if you understand. No, I, I don't. This is my show. Not. <laughs> you can't say like your question mark last week. <laughs> yeah? Okay, I think the thing there is people, when you are contented with what you have, I think short and certain. So, individual. Hello, can you understand, you understand what I'm saying? So, when people begin to understand, are, are contented with what they have, you know, this executive presence, you know, uh, all the things you, you listed out, it would be, it, it would be a thing that, you know, it's in some So, I, I really appreciate this. You just, <laughs> thank you very much. I'm just short of words. Thank you. I'm also short of time. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for calling. Well, my dear friends, uh, it's a time for sober reflection. I'm telling you, this is not about a crowd-pulling effect. It's about an individual-pulling effect. We we need to get serious, you know. This is coming from Peter Bjorden saying, Enjoying, as always, your voice and usually apt delivery. I want to ask if, as an upright personality, task-driven executives with the air of hard work Enter a room with colleagues or subordinates who feels this Wahala man has come. How does that man change them positively? Well, uh, when you first of all, thank you for Peter for for that. Um, when you say the task driven, um, task driven as Yaki, that person is a manager. So that's what a manager does. A manager's do a good job is to ensure that tasks get done, and so. Either the hell or the highway. Something has the results. So if you are in between, you need to understand what you need to do differently. So if you are a manager that is very task-driven, that is, I would say, you're very uh, energetic and have that drive, you need to find the balance. And the balance is to begin to look at other parts of it. There must be some form of empathy. There must be also some form of inclusiveness. So try to carry people along with you. Managers, hitherto, with such drive, don't tend to respect or look at people. They just want to get it done. I don't care how you do it, just do it. No, you need to care. You need to show some empathy. And that's why I talk about the care factor in leadership. So if you are a task-driven executive, um, people will naturally, on your bad day, which is you've accelerated that drive so much, they see you as aggressive. They see you as someone they can't talk to. But make it a good day by creating balance sometimes. This is coming from Bamidele saying, Uncle Aidi, please, which one is more important between professionalism and loyalty? Which one is more important, professionalism and loyalty? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be fair. Um, when you are professional, it means that you are doing the right things and doing things right. That may not gain you loyalty. It may not give you loyalty because... Those that want to bend the rules will not like you. But it is better to be on the path of honor, doing the right thing. And then later on, the same people who said you were wrong will say you are right. It's just a question of time. So rather than pitching professionalism and loyalty, I'll say stay professional, do the right things, 
regardless of whose ox is God. And then someday, sometime, whatever is wrong will leave you alone. Well, uh, Antifi, time up. Um, trust God for another day. And um, Thursday, by God's grace, we'll be here. And then we'll take it up from there. And gradu- gradually, we'll begin to wind down on the, 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 the course or theme, Developing Your Executive Presence. If you want to continue on this, uh, please remember, um, you can send a mail to um, my mailbox, and that's on the website, navigatewithid.com. The ID is spelled IDY. If you go to the website there, just hit the contact button, and you'll be able to you know, send a mail that um, on any item you think you need to talk about personally and you couldn't call. Once again, thanks to all the guys that um, sent in messages uh, last week. Those personal messages were very touchy. And I trust God to help us get you to where you desire to be. 